proclaiming truth to restore life and liberty. This is The Future of America with your host, Nena Arias. She has proclaimed truth for over 40 years in many nations of the world and now endeavors to restore the values of the biblical worldview that made the United States of America the most powerful nation in the world. Ideas have consequences. They're passed on from generation to generation, forming the culture of a society. To eradicate error, the moral and ethical principles of the Bible must be firmly established in the heart and mind of each individual. Discover how to apply biblical principles to transform your world. And now, your host, Nena Arias. Welcome, friends. It's so great to have you with us in this program today. And we feel honored that you have chosen us for this part of your day. And we thank you for the investment that you are endeavoring to do to enrich your life, your value system, to nourish your spirit through God's word. That is the best effort, the best investment that we can all do to become better people, happier people, more purposeful people, to know our mission and why we are here on planet Earth and what we are supposed to do while we are here. And only God through his word can truly reveal that to us. We have been looking at this topic, stay awake to spiritual danger. And in our previous program, we saw a very, very interesting battle of deliverance that Israel acquired through the instrumentality in God's hands of a man named Gideon, a young man. But God chose him for a very glorious victory for Israel over the Midianites. And we learned about the test that was applied to those who were going to fight that battle with him. And something that was very important to point out is how they were tested and how they conquered the fight by being prepared for war. And I hope you have an opportunity to listen to the previous part of this topic because it was an extraordinary event. And there was no doubt that God had clearly fought for Gideon and his army in such a way that there was no doubt that it was God that had intervened miraculously and God got all the glory because Gideon had to go out to this challenging battle with only 300 men. We're not told the size of the Midianites, Israel's enemy at that time, but to go out to war against a formidable enemy that had been oppressing and plundering the nation of Israel for seven years. Seven years of suffering under this oppressive hand of these abusive, warlike bullies called the Midianites. God's deliverance of Israel 
manifests how God fights for those who dare to do his will under such tremendous odds. And any believer today who is halfway spiritually alert to what is going on around us cannot deny that we have a very real war, aggressive attacks coming at us because of our faith. And this God that gave Israel the victory back then is the same God that is with us today. And he will help us fight against any fiery dart that the enemy may throw at us. God will give us the victory over it all because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we're going to continue with this topic, Stay Awake in spiritual danger. This is part number three, and I am Nena Arias. In the New Testament, the words watchful, awake, and alert mean for us to be on guard, to keep awake. And you can find these references in 1 Peter 5, 8, in Mark chapter 13, verse 33, and in Acts chapter 20, verse 31. These are terms the biblical writers frequently used to urge us not to neglect the real danger surrounding us. And what is the real danger surrounding us? Ephesians reminds us that we do not have a battle against flesh and blood, meaning that people are not our enemy. People are not the ones we are warring against. It says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in high places from the kingdom of darkness. That is who our battle is against. So never look at people as your enemy. Look beyond Look beyond the face, look beyond the name, look beyond the circumstance and see what the enemy may try to come at you with or what God wants to teach you. In any case, you must be on guard. You must be alert and you must be awake. Otherwise, terrible things can happen. You will miss Blessings. You will miss opportunities to see God at work on your behalf. I want to make reference in regards to being watchful, awake, and alert with the following example that we find in Matthew chapter 26, verse 30 through 41. And this is when Jesus is literally agonizing in the Garden of Gethsemane because he is about to offer himself and complete the mission of why he came to earth in the first place. So I'm going to read these verses, and then I'm going to comment on them. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, 
Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Then Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. I'm going to pause right there at verse 35. Let us see what's going on here. Jesus, by his foreknowledge and discernment, is telling his hand-picked disciples what is going to happen, that they are all going to betray him and fall away from him that very night. You can imagine the shock that the disciples must have felt at that revelation. I'm sure they said, what? What are you talking about, Jesus? We love you. Haven't we followed you for years? Have we not served you faithfully? Have we not listened to and adhered to your teachings? Did you not send us out with the authority and we saw the demons running away from the people who they were oppressing? Did we not see the sick people healed? What are you talking about? And then Jesus quotes that it is already written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. The sheep desperately need a shepherd. Sheep are very vulnerable out in the fields. They are short-sighted. Therefore, they need to be led to pastures. They need to be led to water to drink. They need to be protected from wild beasts that can easily devour them. Many beasts of the field can run a lot faster than sheep. And so sheep need a shepherd. But Jesus said, you know what? After I am raised up, he spoke of that as a matter of fact. He says, after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. He was already declaring that death was never going to be able to hold him down. And he said, and I'm going to see you afterwards. And of course, Peter's the brave one always, or the most extrovert, that immediately tells Jesus that even if they all fall away, he will not. But Jesus gave him a very sad report at that very moment. He said, Peter, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. At what time do roosters crow? They crow when dawn is beginning. So Jesus was telling Peter, you know what? Not even 24 hours later, you're going to be denying me. And not once, but three times. You can imagine the jolt that Peter must have felt. But he recouped and he said, even if I must die, I will not deny you. And all the disciples were in agreement with him and said the same thing. So let us continue. Verse 36. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, 
even to death. Remain here and watch. Notice those words. Remain here and watch with me. He was inviting them into the spiritual battle that he was already fighting. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. End of quote. Wow, Jesus was sorrowful. And he was asking the Father, If at all possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That is so rich, and we could expound on that and expand the knowledge of that, but that will be a topic for another time. Suffices to say that Jesus is not afraid to die. We're not to interpret this from our human standpoint. Jesus knew he was going to die. It had already been shown to him, and even the prophet Isaiah had described it in detail what was going to happen to him. So it wasn't death. It wasn't the cross. It wasn't the physical suffering that Jesus was wanting to avoid. What is it in this event that Jesus was not looking forward to? Do you remember when he was crucified and at the cross? He said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Jesus didn't expect that or had never experienced it to the degree that he felt such a huge jolt. The Father is not with me. He has turned his back. Father, why? I'm your obedient son. I'm doing everything you want me to do. Why have you turned your back on me? Because you see, Jesus had never experienced sin before. And at that very moment, all of our sins were transferred onto him. The Father cannot abide with sin. So when when he saw his son loaded with the sin, he could not abide with him. And the separation that Jesus experienced at that very moment is something that he had never looked forward to and he had never experienced. So it was a horrific price for him to pay. Nevertheless, he paid it. But what we want to see here is also that the disciples could not even stay awake for one hour in the spiritual battle. And this is where the lesson for us is. When we are watchful, when we are prayerful, when we do not allow the fatigue, the tiredness, the physical to take over, and we battle in the spirit, then we are equipped to withstand temptation because Jesus said, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. What would have happened? What would have happened if the disciples had been watchful? Would they have still abandoned Jesus? What would the outcome have been for the disciples if they had been alert and watchful during Jesus's agony at the Garden of Gethsemane? After all, He had invited them there. 
Many times Jesus had gone off in the distance to pray, but this time he invited them to come with him. What was the purpose in all that? You see, we must attack the spiritual battle exactly the way Jesus showed us how. So this is where being watchful, being awake to all the spiritual danger. The disciples had seen how aggressive the religious leaders were against Jesus. They knew that the religious leaders were not going to accept the sacrifice of Christ on the cross as the most glorious event. They didn't want Jesus to look good in any way, shape, or form. So they thought crucifying him would be his defeat. The disciples should have known this, and they should have been awake. And I assure you that they had never seen Jesus in this sorrowful state like he was at the Garden of Gethsemane. It was something new. They should have been alerted. It was out there for them to see, and even Jesus invited them to be up close to him, yet they couldn't discern it. They were oblivious to what was going on. I don't know if you have ever been so exhausted that you can't even pray. I have, but yet your spirit is so urgently calling out for you to pray that you have to fight the physical battle to lay down and sleep or even to kneel down and pray because you will fall asleep. So what do you do? You get up and walk. You pray as you walk. You pray sitting up with your eyes open to be sure that you do not fall asleep because your spirit is urging you to pray. The disciples let their physical exhaustion take over, even though Jesus had pleaded with them, stay here and pray. I am sorrowful. I am heavy, even to death. I'm going to die. Did they not perceive the urgency of all that, even though Jesus told them very plainly? Do you see how easy it can be for us not to be alert to spiritual danger? If the disciples had been watchful and prayerful along with Jesus, would they have abandoned Jesus in the hour of his need? All that he had taught them and manifested, was it not more meaningful than an hour of sleep? The life we now live in Christ is not an easy one in the sense that we won't feel the rigor of the battle because we will. We will always feel the danger of the battle. Our spirit alerts us to it. The promise that helps us across these battlefields filled with minds that can explode at any moment is that Jesus is right there with us and the faithfulness of his Holy Spirit to carry us through. He has promises that we can make it because he helps us carry the load. He tells us in Matthew chapter 11, verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. End of quote. He doesn't say there is no yoke. He doesn't say there is no burden. But he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I am with you to help you carry it. But we must be brave and determined and steadfast in our commitment to Christ and be strong so that we won't fall on the wayside. 
Matthew 11, verse 12 says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. End of quote. What do we understand from this? We must understand what is at stake and run the race to the end. Will it be easy? No. Is it the right thing to do? Yes. Will it be rewarding for us? Yes. Is it the difference between life and death? Yes. We should never let down our guard, no matter what we do. We must have in mind to constantly be on the alert. A lack of watchfulness and proper discernment can be very detrimental to our life. The enemy is very astute. He's very cunning, and he lacks mercy and compassion. So you can just gather from that that we have a merciless enemy. We have a very formidable, very challenging and fierce enemy. Therefore, the Spirit wants us to be sober-minded and watchful of the devil's activity. Do you really know that he is constantly on the prowl for you? What would you do if you could literally see him chasing you everywhere? Well, in the Spirit, you can. If you do know that he's after you, that's a good thing because that means you will be alert. It is vitally important to not be fearful of our enemy, but we must never underestimate him either. Do not underestimate your adversary. We think we know what's going on, but often we barely have a clue. Let's be honest. Let's admit it. Do you know where he is in relation to you? Do you know where he is in relation to your family and your Christian brothers and sisters? Not only should we be vigilant, but we must also already have a strategy or a plan ready to apply for when we need it, which is why when we are in God's word and we are studying about sin and every aspect that can come at us, we know what the word says. Galatians chapter 6 verse 1 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. End of quote. Wow. We're not only supposed to be vigilant for ourselves, but we are supposed to be vigilant for our brothers and our sisters who are also in a spiritual battle. And if somebody falls, we must be right there, ready to restore him in a spirit of gentleness, reminding ourselves that we too can be tempted. We too can fall in the same hole and never be so self-righteous and so holier than thou and so overconfident to think that there we go, but by the grace of God. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 says, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. Making supplications for all the saints. End of quote. You know, in our morning times of prayer, the first thing I want to do after I salute the Father and thank Him for a new day, I want to pray for His people around the world, wherever they are 
Wherever there is a committed believer, I want to pray for that believer that very day, that very moment. Because we are all in this battle together. And we must be alert in the spirit. We never know if those prayers are delivering somebody on the other side of the world from very real danger, from very real persecution, from very real traps that the enemy has set out for them. We never know what they may be struggling against that very day and what kind of a victory they need. So I love to pray for God's people around the world. Some of them are many hours ahead of us. They're already in the next day than where we are, but it makes no difference. For God, distance and time makes absolutely no difference. He is here and he is there. And so when we cover our brothers and sisters with prayer and we ask the Lord that they can have victory over the challenges that they are facing and are going to face, and we cover them, and we pray that they will be strengthened if they are weak, that they will be encouraged if they feel discouraged, that they will be provided for if they are lacking something. Especially, I like to pray for those who are living in lands of persecution, where they are being persecuted for their faith. That must be so horrific. And yet, many of our brothers and sisters in the faith, live that way every day. Now, we know that God won't fail them, just like he intervened in the battle for Gideon and gave him all the details and even let him hear the conversation of the enemy. That's what was needed at that particular time to encourage Gideon's heart. God can do the same thing and will do the same thing for all of his children when we are facing challenges as well. And especially when we are out to fulfill something specific that he has ordered us to do or commanded us to do. He's very present. He's very present. You know, prayer always amazes me. It amazes me that we can be talking to God directly through prayer. And that at the same time, we can be helping somebody in the other side of the world, through those prayers. Prayer amazes me. It just boggles my human understanding on how powerful and how effective prayer is. Right there, from our home, or from our bedroom, or from our living room, or wherever we are in our car, interceding and praying for people exactly what is happening in the spiritual realm I'm amazed. I am amazed at what prayer is and what prayer does. And that is the privilege that we have as children of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication, all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Be awake. Be watchful making supplication for all the saints. Stay awake. We must stay awake in the spiritual realm at all times. At the same time that we function in this world, 
in the duties that we have to carry out, we must be spiritually awake because this battle has no demilitarized zone. And if we are not watchful, the enemy can penetrate even the most inner parts of our inner world in this battle. We're going to continue with this topic, ladies and gentlemen, and I hope that you will join us. Thank you for joining us for this broadcast. May these truths challenge and change your heart. We hope today's topic has truly enriched your life so we can make America strong again. This program is made possible by the generous financial support of our listeners. All donations are tax deductible. We would love to hear your questions or comments. Please visit our website at www.culturallegacy.org. You may email us at cl.culturallegacy.org or write to The Future of America, P.O. Box 38456, Greensboro, North Carolina, 27438. Call us at 877-732-2887. That's 877-732-2887. Remember, you are a person of positive or negative influence. What you do today will impact the future.